Have you ever walked out of the hair salon and your hair looks nothing like you intended? Like maybe you brought a picture and you're like, this is what I want to look like. And Kev, you were just saying earlier on the show that you keep your hair super, super long because your wife adores it. It makes her swoon. And she says, just get the trimmiest of trims. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cute. Well, uh, you don't want to go to this barber. There's a guy. He's a politician in Canada and Ontario. His name's Doug Ford. And he decides, you know what? I, I, need, a, I need the trimmiest of trims. I'm going to pop into this Walmart and just get a trim. Well, he goes to the next press conference and everyone's like, tell us about your new look. And he had the shortest haircut he's ever had in his life. He normally has pretty long hair like yours. And he said he went into this Walmart and uh, the guy didn't speak English. He doesn't speak Spanish. And all of a sudden, before he knows it, it's like, and he's cutting his hair to a zero or one. And uh, he also said on t- to top it all off. It's the most money he's ever paid for a haircut. It was twenty six dollars. At Walmart, he's never paid that much before at Walmart. Well, it sounds like the guy but did work hard. <laughs> he cut off a lot. He cut of hair, a lot so of hair. Maybe he was yeah, charging him by, by the length right. or something instead of. <laughs> wow. Thankfully, it'll hopefully. I don't know at his age, but hopefully it'll grow back. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the story of how Doug Ford got a new look. Yeah, my wife would be at Walmart like five minutes later. Tracy shows up at Walmart really angry. Yeah. (laughs) What's the hardest thing you've ever been through? Coming up, this teen coped with a tragedy in the most incredible way. This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! What would you say is the hardest thing you've ever been through? This teen uh, coped with tragedy in the most incredible way. Emily grew up in Maryland, and whenever she felt lonely, she would read books. Tragedy hit when her dad, who she considered to be her best friend, was diagnosed with stage four thyroid cancer. Mm. She juggled high school, keeping their family store open, and being the only caregiver for her dad. Mom's not wow. in the picture. Well, anxiety and depression set in, and she had to drop out of high school temporarily. She started thinking about kids going through chemo and how books could help them. So she started a nonprofit and has already given 15,000 books to kids going through cancer treatment, Mm. helping others lifted her out of her depression. And get this, her dad is now cancer free, but was left without a speaking voice. But he still drives Emily to help her drop off the boxes of books to hospitals at least once a month. Wow. So now dad is helping with her nonprofit. That is awesome. Unbelievable family. And as dads and daughters go, I would imagine they, they have a language all their own. Oh, yeah. Even though he can't verbally speak. Yeah. And I imagine some of it's probably pretty comical. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, your your daddy was a pastor, right? Yeah, he okay. was. How, how shocked would you... Your mom and all the people in the congregation be if he he got up one Sunday morning and said, hey, um, just want you guys to know uh, out in the parking lot, we've got a tent set up after church. Everybody can get free tattoos. (laughs) My dad. (laughs) Well, it's happening at a church. Free tattoos. I'll tell you where and why next. So how shocked would you be if this Sunday morning during announcements at church, they made an announcement, hey, uh, out in the parking lot, we've got a tent set up after services. You can get a free tattoo. Have My jaw would drop. I'd be like, "No, this is a this is an April Fool's prank." There's a church in Vienna that that's it. That's exactly what they're doing. They've had an explosion of younger people coming to their church, 
and they're trying to do things that help them to express their faith. And they're like, well, they're getting tattoos anyway. Why not have them be Christian tattoos? So they oh, have wow. them. Yeah, it has That's to be cool. a Christian symbol. And the church says that they represent more than just a fashion statement. It's a way that they can express their uh, express their faith. So, yeah, you never know what kind of conversations it might start. Oh, I've had tons with mine. Tons with mine. It's always a door opener. Always. So uh, anyhow, I thought that was. I, I cannot imagine just our pastor. I'd be like, what, what, what? <laughs> what? Hoobity hobbity, what did he? <laughs> I just, I had to Google it. As of 2019, 30% of all Americans, I know that's in Austria, 30% of all Americans have at least one tattoo. Wow, there you go. I'm becoming more and more bizarre. No, you're still with the 70%. Yeah, so. that's true. So but that okay. was back in 2019. I wonder what it is in 2023 now. So you got... Uh... You got this. I, I wonder, will churches or in other places hear about that and go, that's a really good idea. We should totally do that. Yeah. I, it could be. I mean, hey, meet the people where they are, right? I just looked it up and nearly half of young people older, older than 18 have tattoos. In the U.S.? And the older they get, the more likely they are to have them. That makes sense because it's supposedly illegal under 18 to get one. Ooh, I didn't you know, whether know that. mom and okay. dad sign for it or not, it's yeah. supposedly illegal. The ACLU may sue to make it so your five year old can get a tattoo. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. But anyhow, so yeah, this church in Vienna, they're uh, they're giving out free tattoos. So don't be surprised if it's coming to a church near you soon. We're talking about this uh, church in Vienna is giving free Christian-themed, church-themed tattoos uh, to people that, that uh, go. To, I, what What about if you and Glenn? Okay, that was in Austria. Where did you say you're going on vacation? Uh, we're going, we've been to Austria, but we're going to Slovenia Slovenia. This time. I wonder if that's, is that the uh, same general area, right? It's just south of Austria, yeah. Okay, suppose you, you guys are on vacation in Slovenia and you pop in for church on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and they go, by the way, we are having free tattoos in parking lot after service, get you a tattoo. Would you and Glenn sign and be like, this will be a great memory of our trip. It'll express our faith. Let's do it. Can you see you guys doing that? Can you see us doing that? <laughs> no, but you, you Not claim. Not in a million years. You, right. Not work you, but you claim. I can't commit to a tattoo. Are I've you never, kidding me? I've never experienced vacation tattoo or vacation tailor. You say vacation tailor is way different yeah. than work tailor. I yeah, only know work tailor. She's more laid back so, for sure. Would, could you see, try to put yourself in vacation tailor frame of mind. You're in, vaca- you're in, you're, you're, you know, I don't know, skipping through the hills of Slovenia. You're enjoying the borscht. You're all swept up in all things Slovenia, and they say free tattoo in parking lot. No, but could, here's my question: Would you? Could you see your wife doing it? Oh yeah, totally. Is she gonna jump on the tattoo bandwagon? No, with but you? in that setting, I could see her doing. Like yeah. if we were like uh, we're we're taking a 35th uh, anniversary trip to Europe, and I could see her being like, "Come on, let's do something to commemorate 35 years." That's I, awesome. I, could, I could see her doing you that. You guys should get matching but would, sleeves. She would not do it. If it was a thoughtful thing where she had weeks to think about it, she would not. There, it had to be spontaneous. No okay. Right. right. She, if, it was, if, it, if it was anything but spontaneous, she would not do it. Okay. But like that setting, like if we were in Austria and they were like free tattoos in the parking lot, she'd be like, come on, let's get one. That's awesome. I wonder what she would do. Like if it would be bold or really tiny. Oh, totally tiny. Because she doesn't like tiny to Tiny and somewhere where, where only she like probably like. I don't know, inside of her elbow or something. Yeah. Something like that where she could cover it up if she wanted to. I have a friend who inside each of her wrists, when her daughters reached a certain age, she had them sign their name, like write their name. 
And she has each of her daughter's names mm. on her. Well, I'll I tell you, I was really just, sweet. you guys probably remember, I was in that tattoo competition, tattoo festival. That was mm-hmm. last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was yeah. last weekend. Anyhow, uh, having uh, all minor Christian themes, I have Jesus, I have Mary, I have the Archangel Michael, definitely stood out at the tattoo festival amongst yeah. all the other stuff that was there, definitely stood out. And it, it, yeah, it starts conversations. It totally does. Hey, did you happen to see that he gets us ad during the big football game? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the largest campaign and opportunity in modern history to tell people about the real Jesus in the Bible. So needed right now, too. I mean, so many people are experiencing anxiety or loneliness or broken relationships. And these spots are meant to point everyone to the person that can help them heal Jesus. And you know what? They're starting a whole community around the He Gets Us campaign. Yeah, you can stay involved and be part of the movement. I've already started this and it's pretty cool. I just texted the word fans to 70193 and I already started getting information. I'm going to get updates and you can get uh, guides to study the Bible. It's so cool. Taylor, you're just a part of a community of more than 45,000 people who have already joined up. Why don't you join today? It's super easy. Just get out your phone and text the word fans. Like, I'm a big fan. Fans, F-A-N-S, to the number 70193. Hey, do you wish you had more time with your family? Coming up, the things that are getting in the way. Do you wish you could spend more time with your family? These are the things that are getting in the way. They studied moms and dads with children at home and found their work shifts are the top cause hindering family time, followed by homework And, yep, social media use, Mm. economic pressures, and after-school activities and sports um, uh, of, uh, you know, kids preferring to be with their friends. Those also got in the way of family time. As a result, the typical family spends six hours all together, less than an hour a day. Mm. And they only eat a meal as a family together four days a week, four out of seven. I'm surprised it's so high. Four is not bad. Yeah, I thought that was Four's pretty not good. Bad. My wife made it a priority. I mean, we had dinner together around the table, all of us, no matter what, every night of the week. She just made that made that happen. My now, mom and dad did too. Occasionally, there was you know like somebody had soccer or whatever, but for eighty five percent of the time, we were all around the table, all having having dinner together. And the funny part is, it was usually at our kitchen table, and there were six of us, so there was like you had no elbow room whatsoever. But great memories. So I get it. The struggle's real. You you say your family is your number one priority, but then when you look at, at where you spend all your time, is it spent with your family? Are you doing a great job with that? Or do you think, oh, man, I, we could do better? Here's what I would like to know. When you guys do get time to spend together, where is it usually happening? Is it like Norman Rockwell around the dinner table? Or is it everybody jammed into the SUV on your way to and from, you know, ball games? And that's where you have your real conversations. Where does the majority of your family time come? Think of you, your better half, and your kids. When you guys are truly together, where and when does it happen? So we pretty much all say it. Family is our number one priority. But then when you look where you spend most of your time, that may or may not be happening. And, and you know, having a big family like we did, six people and four kids, um, my wife was so good at getting us all around the dinner table uh, consistently. But I do have to admit, a lot of the best conversations I have with my kids, especially one-on-one, was just running errands. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know, go to the grocery store, the hardware store, you know, a couple things on a Saturday. It was going to mm-hmm. take you like, I don't know. 90 minutes or something. Grab one of the kids. Make them go kicking and screaming if you have to. But be like, come on, I don't want to go to Home Depot by myself. 
and take them along with you and give it a few minutes and they'll start talking. That's so cool. There's something to that because like some psychologists will walk with their patients because you're more open when you're side by side than when you're face to face. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because um, my son and I sometimes bike ride. We'll go on long bike rides together, and that's where we'll have great conversations. We're out on a you know like twenty mile bike ride or something. So, well, what about you? Where where are those meaningful conversations, meaningful family time happening with you and your wife and your kids? Where does it happen for you? Hey, Joe, we're talking about family time, and where and when does it happen uh, for you and your family? Well, I agree. Around the dinner table is one of the best times, but one of the times, several times, if I needed to speak one-on-one with a child um, and have those difficult conversations, I would take them for a ride in the car because I knew I could keep the doors locked. And with one particular (laughs) child... With one particular child, I made sure that I took a route. I never stopped at a red light because I knew ah! if I did, he'd jump out. No kidding. <laughs> wow. A captive audience, literally. <laughs> Whatever it takes uh, to love your right. kids, right? That's right. Mom, I'm 16 years old. You can't put me in the baby seat anymore. <laughs> That's right. I adopted seven kids, so we wow. have to be real creative oh, wow. about yes. where we, uh, oh, you're where my we hero. had our conversation. What a great family. God bless you. Hey, do you enjoy sharing pictures of your kids on social media? You know, your family and friends and especially grandma get to see everything from the first day of school to a trip to the park to a family vacation. Maybe once your kids reach a certain age, uh, they beg you not to post. Mm. That always happens. But what if the government banned you from posting pictures of your kids? How would you feel about that? Mm. Parents in France may be facing just that under new privacy laws. Both mom and dad would be jointly responsible for their children's image rights And any decision to post them online would involve the child based on his or her age and degree of maturity with courts able to ban posting if either the mom or the dad disagreed. How wild. <laughs> so you picture like, especially a couple that's no longer together. Yeah. And one's all for it. Like, no, this is how grandma gets to see everything. And the other one's like, no, I don't want any pictures posted. Then the court could get involved. Wow. The the social media has just opened up a whole new can of worms, right? Mm-hmm. That, that no one is prepared for. And, and what's AI going to bring? <laughs> oh, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I know, but I nuts, love right? when people post pictures of their kids, especially our producer Griffin's kids. Yeah. They're so cute. I thought what you were going to say is like adult children are suing their parents for no, pictures they posted the when, when they were kids or something. And You know that saying, well, you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was today years old when I learned. Tell me if you know what this is in a minute, Kev. What a sip and see is Mm. never heard of it i'll tell you what it is next okay so i don't know about you but um i was today years old when i learned what a sip and see is and and i was talking to a friend she's like yeah uh, i got invited to a sip and see anyways whoa whoa whoa. can we back it up for a minute um makes me think of the toy when we were kids the sit and spin yeah or the see and say (laughs) Um, no, a apparently I, she informed me that a sip and see is something that young parents hold when they're having a baby that's not the first baby. Because when it's the first baby, you have a baby shower. Okay. But it, apparently, it's kind of sort of 
I don't know why, but a little bit tacky to have another baby shower. And so they call it a sip and see. And it's just like the Seinfeld episode. You got to see the baby. So when the baby's arrived, you come and have like, you know, like lemonade and, and soft drinks and punch. And there's snacks and stuff like that. Cupcakes. And you see the baby, but... There's also a registry in case you wanted to uh, get just a in gift. case. Just and in that, case. No pressure, but just in case. So I'm like, well, how did I not know that there was such a thing as a sit, sip and see until today? But mm. apparently that's a thing. Uh, so if you get invited to one, now you know what it is. I'm going to have one of those when all my kids finally move out of the house. <laughs> so everybody can see my house. See the empty house. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll show you that. This is what we're planning to do with this room. This is what we're going to do with this room. It's a sip and see. Yeah. I think you could use it for lots of events. And we'll have a registry. You know, no pressure, but, but we will have a registry. You can help furnish my man cave. <laughs> you ever watching something on TV and you get so stressed you jump out of your chair? Like maybe it's a, a tight game, a sporting event. I jumped out of my chair. I was so stressed watching TV last night. Only it's not what you think. I'll tell you what was on the screen next. Have you ever jumped out of your seat watching something on the screen? Like your favorite sports team is like it's neck and neck. Like it, it, you just you mm-hmm. got to jump up yeah, this yeah. the energy level. Well, I did that last night on the TV. Only it wasn't anything to do with sports. It wasn't a horror movie. It was a little documentary that my husband popped on about mountain goats because he knows I think they are the cutest animals ever. Okay, and so they start showing this little baby mountain goat, and he can't find his mom. Oh, and he's going me. And he like goes up to all these other mountain goats, like smelling because they were all molting. So he couldn't recognize his mom, you know, where the they lose their (laughs) fur or whatever it's called. And and so he'd sniff. Are you my mommy? And they'd like, get out of here, kid. (laughs) And I was like, that's so mean. Where's his mom? Like, I just started getting so stressed out and it just kept going and going. And I'm like, and they're like, it's getting dark. And he still can't find. And finally, <laughs> he very cautiously goes up to one one goat, female mm-hmm. goat, and it's his mom. And Aww. he like starts Aww. jumping around. He's like, "Mom, mom, I found you, mom! I'm so happy!" <laughs> and they bed down together for the night. And he's still jumping up on his mom because he's so happy. And I I couldn't help but go. What a terrible mother. She never looked for him once. <laughs> but the whole show was quite okay. stressful and riveting, and the I was so was, devastated. It was emotional for you because you were applying human emotion yeah. to the animal kingdom. He was crying. Okay, same same thing. It's similar situation happened to Tracy I, on vacation one time yeah. with baby sea turtles. I'll tell you about that okay. next. So uh, Taylor's watching a nature film about mountain goats, mountain little baby mountain goats separated so from mama. It struggles, 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 finally finds mom. And you're like, oh, I was so stressed right. out. Well, we, we tend to apply human emotions to those animal films and stuff. But Tracy and I had that happen in real life. Um, we were in Cancun, Mexico on vacation. Fabulous vacation. And there's a sea turtle conservatory there. They they you know want to promote the sea turtle population. So they have all these baby sea turtles that they they take care of until they're ready to swim out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these things grow to be like massive, right? But they're, oh, yeah. these little sea turtles are like diameter, like the size of a softball and they're flat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really tiny. Yeah. Um, so they have hundreds of them in these little crates and they're ready to be released into the water and you get to, to assist. 
they'll oh, they have fun. everyone line up and they put they hand you like a it's all it's a coconut with the and the turtles in there because they don't want you to touch the turtle. They're like just put your hand over the top, keep the turtle in there, and when we will release them one at a time, you release it and he'll you know screw they'll like run down to the ocean and off he goes into the into the tumbling sea. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tell you ahead of time now um, when the predator predator birds see that we're doing this they will start swarming around and no. some of the uh-uh. turtles won't, uh-uh. won't I make it. Handle it and they're uh-uh. like that is just nature no. that is what happens and if you if you're not going to be okay with that you might want to go back to those the birds can eat bologna instead i would have <laughs> right. to go back to the hotel Sitting there in the bucket of like boardwalk french fries here <laughs> have the french fries leave <laughs> the turtles alone right i couldn't it, do it my heart couldn't take it Right, but you look at all that and you're like, okay, this is this is nature. This is like part of God's great design. Stay? Is that it happens like this? You're like fearing for the for the turtle. Meanwhile, the bird is like finally lunch. Did right? you stay? Oh yeah, we totally <gasps> released them. Absolutely. How could you do it? I couldn't. I my heart well, couldn't take it. My little turtle was slow. I nicknamed him Sea Biscuit after the uh, the horse uh-huh. <laughs> that won the triple crown. I'm going go Sea Biscuit go, <laughs> and he he made it into the water. And there were no, for whatever reason that day, there were no flocking birds. And I think all of them. Did Tracy's make it? Yeah. I think all, oh, all I was like waiting for the hundreds of them that were released that day. So far as we know, they made it. But we didn't stay to like watch the aftermath. We were like, okay, bye. Have a good life, turtles. And we went back to the hotel and sat by the pool. Yeah, because that's what you want to believe. <laughs> right. And yeah. they lived happily ever after. <laughs> Hey, if you listen to the Kevin and Taylor show, it's evident that you love music. So check out this evidence of how powerful music really is. New research shows that listening to your favorite song makes your medication more effective. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) They already knew that music can get rid of your bad mood, help you with pain and anxiety. But this is the first time that they learn music makes your medicine work better. In fact, uh, patients getting chemo even had less nausea when they were listening to their favorite song as the chemo went I, in. I wonder if doctors would say, is that placebo? Is it just because, you know, your mood is enhanced, so everything seems to be better, right? Shows you the power of your whole body, like your attitude, all that. Yeah. That, the, but think that about, Even if um, it is like psychosomatic, the fact that it makes your medicine work better. Well, think wild. about when you work out. Right. If you're working out, you probably don't put on ballads. No. You put on upbeat music that's going to get you going. So maybe, yeah, if it has that effect on your ability to work out harder, why why couldn't it make your your meds work harder? Yeah. Coming up, have you ever had to go to extreme lengths to keep a promise? Have you ever gone to extreme lengths just to keep a promise you made to somebody? Well, Tiffany definitely did. She was madly in love with her husband, Andy. He served in the Iraq War. And during his deployment, he wasn't able to come home when his daughter Marley was born. He met her when she was 11 months old. Mm. And then they ended up having a son as well. But just before he lost his life in the war on Mother's Day, Andy uh, had a phone call with Tiffany. And he had no idea he was going to step on an IED the next day. And he made her promise that she would go to college no matter how long it took. Well, Tiffany is now 41, and she just graduated from college. Wow. She had Mm. a huge impact on the young women she studied with. They called her a brave, compassionate, loyal sister who's inspired them. Mm. Wow. What a story. So we should swap some stories about times you've made a promise, right? And it's been hard 
to follow through on. I think we've all found ourselves there, especially with your kids, right? That's why parents always say, we'll see, <laughs> instead <laughs> of, okay. So I, I can get us started in a minute with one that my my son, when he was little, called me out on something. We'll uh, we'll talk about that next. So we're talking about uh, hard promises, times that you've, you've made promises, and then you had to go to extraordinary lengths to uh, to keep them. This, isn't, this technically isn't a promise, but it's a behavior, something I told my son, this is something we're going to do. This is something our family is about. And this is when my son was little. He's probably five or six years old. Anyhow, I've always had the habit of carrying around uh, gift cards to fast food restaurants to hand out to people uh, who are asking for money or that need help or whatever. I'll give them the gift card. So we were living in South Florida at the time on a divide, and we're driving down a divided highway. And we were sitting at a red light, and a guy on the opposite corner, we were going north-south, guy on a very busy, I mean, it was a big junction, right? Guy on the opposite corner had a little sign, was asking people for, you know, help. And we're, I'm just sitting there. I, I saw him, but didn't think anything of it because he wasn't, you know, in our path. Couldn't, like, they'll, hey, come over here. And my son said, Dad, aren't we going to help that guy? And I said, well, he's on the other side of the highway, son. And he said, you said whenever we see someone, if we have a gift card, we're going to try to help him. And you have one. It was up in my visor. <laughs> so, yes, we drove up a block, made a U-turn, made a right-hand turn, made a U-turn, came back so we could give the guy... A gift card. Were so, you late for whatever you're trying to get to? I don't remember, but the point of the story is that sometimes, especially when your kids are little, mm-hmm. you have to follow through on stuff like that, or yeah. they're, they're going to think like, oh, yeah, dad meant we help people when it's convenient, mm, not, we just, not we just help people. So, And wow. by the way, Kyle still does that now. He'll get oh, a gift card awesome. when he can afford it, and he'll give it out to people, and he's a grown so man now. So cool. Love to hear from you. Promises that are hard to keep. Give us a call. Talking about promises you've made that were uh, extraordinary to keep, and uh, all started by that lady who promised her husband after, uh, right before he passed away she would go to college someday, and after she raised her kids, she did, and she graduated. And uh, this is nothing like that story. <laughs> I made a promise once and felt obligated to keep it, and it ended up getting me in big trouble. Uh, when I was in high school, I rode the same bus with preschool through 12th grade. We all were on the same bus from Jupiter to West Palm Beach. And uh, one day we got uh, some sugar cubes in chemistry class. And I had them on the bus. And most of us had never seen a sugar cube in our lives. We didn't have parents that are like, one number two. <laughs> and um, so they, all the kids were like, wow, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. Oh, can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? And I very sarcastically, very mockingly said, yeah, I'll bring you all sugar cubes. And they all, all the little kids went, yay! It was like spontaneous joy eruption of cheers. And so I told my mom, I said, Mom, I have to go to the grocery store. She's like, why? I said, well, I promised these kids sugar cubes. So my mom took me to the store. I came home, put them in little baggies. And the next day, I passed them all out. And I got called to the principal's office. And they thought I was trying to give kids more than sugar no. Yeah, they thought maybe there was something <laughs> laced into the sugar cube. I'm like, no, it's just sugar cubes. I'm just trying to keep a promise. Never knew I'd get called into the principal's office for it.